Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wednesday, March 8th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes of the World Baseball Classic kicked off with a couple of games uh, over in Taiwan. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, considered an upset. Is is it considered an upset if the Netherlands beats Cuba 4-2? Uh, to uh, The Palacios brothers on, uh, on the roster for the Netherlands. Josh Palacios with an RBI single and scored a run. And uh, you're, you're looking at... Um, the the Dutch now in position to maybe advance on a pool play. Yeah, that is upset. Definitely. Cuba, you know, great baseball playing nation, uh, always loaded with, uh, you know, stars that uh, eventually defect to the USA. So, um, yeah, I, I would think that's, uh, that's a big upset. Uh, Panama in the other game uh, beats Chinese Taipei 12-5. Uh, f- uh, so, uh, you know, first two games are, are out of the way. Um, you, you've got Australia and Korea on tap for uh, tonight at 10. And uh, Panama playing the Netherlands uh, in a matchup of those two teams uh, later on uh, that uh, tonight as well. Uh, the Guardian's going to get their first uh, look or first taste of, uh, you know, what the WBC is like with uh, uh, their game against Mexico. Uh, later on today, uh, three o'clock out in Goodyear, uh, and it looks like Terry Francona has put together uh, a lineup that's sort of maybe representative of of what we're envisioning the opening day lineup to to look like. Yeah, definitely, uh, Joe. Uh, you know, first three hitters: Quan Rosario, uh, Ramirez. Then he goes Bell, Naylor, Gonzalez, Arias, Gallagher, and Straw. So you know that's that's as close to an opening day lineup as you're going to get. And, uh, you know, Zach Plesek's on the mound for his third uh, Cactus League start. Wow, oh, this is, uh, uh, Plesek has, has had his moments in his first couple of starts, but this is uh, maybe one where uh, you're looking for him to maybe make some progress and take a step and, and show that, you know, he's, he's serious about uh, grabbing one of those final two ro- uh, rotation spots. Yeah, uh, you know, he had a shaky, uh, you know, a Cactus League opener, gave up uh, five runs, uh, in his second start on March 3rd, he came back and, uh, you know, ran into trouble in the first inning. Uh, they used the re-entry rule. Uh, he came back uh, in the second inning to start the second inning and retired six straight. So that was encouraging to see that. And uh, maybe, you know, he can keep that momentum going. 
Yeah, that's the uh, the hope. As long as he's healthy and and there are no uh, no other complications there, uh, we're also going to get uh, a, possibly a chance to see or hear about uh, Nick Sandlin, Angel de los Santos. Uh, they're both on the uh, on the schedule to to pitch after sort of delaying their starts to to camp uh, by injury. Yeah, they're both on the card to uh, you know pitch out of the bullpen today. Uh, you know, Sandlin coming back from that lat slash uh, Terrace Major uh, injury in the postseason last year. De Los Santos uh, strained a hamstring early in camp. And, uh, you know, they've been working their way back. And, Joe, I was wondering, you know, you know, before we saw them, uh, you know, being uh, you know, kind of ready, game ready, I was wondering if, if it, either one of these guys might open on the on the injured list. But, you know, because of relievers, you know, and because they don't need to, you know, really, you know, build up their arm strength like a starter. I, if if all things go well, these both these guys should be ready by opening day, don't you think? Yeah, we and and we talked about how uh, Carl Willis and and you know the coaching staff has uh, a plan and a map for each individual uh, pitcher. Uh, you know, they they only really have uh, Emmanuel Class A scheduled to, to pitch nine times during spring training. And that should be enough to get him going. Well, uh, you can you can delay your start with uh, you know some of the veteran guys, and and I think by now De La Santos and, and Sandlin have, have known the ropes in spring training, and they they know what to expect. So, uh, you know, if they're only going to get maybe eight nine appearances between now and uh, the the start of the regular season, uh, that 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 could be enough for them. And you know, a couple of those maybe maybe back to backs and see how they. Uh, respond to to pitching back to back days because certainly once the season starts they're going to be asked to do that. Uh, as long as they're healthy and sound to to start now, I think there's there's no uh, concern about them being ready in time to to be on the opening day roster. Uh, s- certainly, if they're not injured at the time of the, uh, uh, the you know the regular season starting, they they shouldn't be on the the injured list. So um, yeah, I, I can see them having enough time. You know, uh, a guy like you know, the the one I'm thinking about is like Karinchak's been pitching since the the first game of spring. I'm 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 wondering, you know, it, do they do they maybe back off of him here at at some point and and only pitch him a uh, you know a couple of times the rest of the way out for camp so that he's fresh and ready to go at the start of the season. Yeah, he's he's on the card today too to pitch. So uh, you know, uh, let's see, Karinchak, uh, uh, Trevor Steffen, Sandlin, De Los Santos. And uh, you know, then there's a you know several uh, minor league guys that are that are that will follow those guys. But those are the you know four main guys. And Karinchek has pitched a lot, uh, you know. And I think um, you know, you know, I think I don't know. You know, he kind of he, he he missed all the last spring, uh, you know, with that that shoulder injury uh, was shut down. But I don't think that has anything to do with it. That's I mean, yeah. we saw him pitch, you know from July, what, from July through the end of the season. And he was, you know, he was solid. So, yeah, I would think they'd, they'd, they'd be very, you know, they'll have his schedule mapped out and, and uh, you know, that he that he definitely won't be overused. But I was looking at, you know, what, uh, you know, Sandlin and De Los Santos did last year, Joe. Combined, they made 96 appearances and they, uh, they both won, they, they, they uh, were credited with 10 wins, a combined 10 wins. So those are, those are two important guys that you really don't kind of think about in, in, in the, in the grand scheme of the pen, you know? 
No, they were they were backbone guys. They were they were the reason why that bullpen was so good. The, uh, them and and the emergence of Trevor Steffen, I think, uh, were were really the 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 sort of glue that held that that bullpen and, and bridge to to um, uh, Emmanuel Classe at the end of games. Uh, just a, another word on Karen Jack. I think if I were to hazard a guess, I, I think the reason why Karen Jack might have been pitching as much as he was in the first couple of spring games and the first you know right from the jump. Uh, was the the new pitch clock rules and the timing and getting him in particular uh, more established and set up with those rules and the timing and, and getting a good feel for him uh, because he was going to be the one uh, guy that they sort of targeted and looked at and said, hey, uh, you know, we better make sure that he's okay with these pitch clock rules. Uh, so maybe getting him out there on the mound in those early games was part of the strategy for for Tito and the coaches. Yeah, that's a good point. He had, uh, you know, I think in his first time out, he had a pitch violation that wasn't his fault. It was, you know, fault of the umpire for not knowing the rules. And uh, the those last time out, he was called for a balk. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, you know that's critical for him to get get used to the uh, to the pitch clock. He doesn't, he, you know, except for that the one pitch violation. You know, he really has has worked efficiently and quickly. And uh, but you know, we'll have to see what the rest of the spring brings for him. I haven't. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the the WBC games. Are the the pitch clock isn't part of the the WBC this year, is it? I I, I can't imagine that it would be. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I do I not wonder. Know. I wonder how many, if any, of the new uh, the new Major League Baseball rules are are in play with the the World Baseball Classic games. I guess uh, you know once we once once we start seeing a little more of those games on uh, being broadcast, I think uh, maybe we'll. Uh, We'll be able to catch up on that, and uh, you know, it would be interesting. <laughs> you certainly don't want with all the with with Juan Soto and all of his moves in the box, and you know, with all the the fanfare and the uh, the crowd and the big moments with the WBC. I, I wonder how that would uh, you know mesh with a with a pitch clock, but uh, we'll we'll take it for what it is. Um, as far as you know, what we're looking forward to the the rest of this week. Uh, um, we, we already talked about yesterday how uh, Shane Bieber is going to pitch on Thursday in a, a like a, a B game at San Diego in Peoria, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, Bieber on a, on a B game in Peoria, definitely. And then Friday, I believe Tristan McKenzie is is on the mound again. Yeah, McKenzie on the mound. Uh, you know, um, McKenzie will go against Cincinnati um, in. A, on that, um, on what, you know, uh, what am I doing here? I got, I got, I got mixed up, but yeah. The Wednesday, yeah. The, Wednesday the Wednesday home game, uh, when Beavers, uh, in San Diego, I believe San Diego is here. Yeah. And, and Hunter Gaddis's pitch is starting that game. Right. Yeah. Just a, an opportunity to get some of these guys who wouldn't normally be in the starting rotation to get them out there on the mound and, and, and starting, uh, they get a, got a chance to see what, um, what they've got with Hunter Gaddis, really, uh, a, a guy who, um, you know, has a chance to contribute at some point during the season. Yeah, and he's he's had a really a good spring, Joe. He's uh, you know he's pitched multiple multiple innings every time he's been out there as they you know try to stretch him out. 
uh, shown a good breaking ball set up with his fastballs. He got some strikeouts, you know, and uh, he looks like a different guy uh, compared to the uh, two kind of the two starts he made last season, which you know he was kind of put put in. Uh, he was in over his over his head at uh, in those two starts and really struggled. But he looks uh, he looks solid right now. He looks like a prospect. And you know, Joe, I'm just wondering. I mean, would they use any of these starters? They have so many of them. Would they use them if they need maybe a guy that goes to two and a, two and a third innings in the bullpen? Like a piggyback guy to to start the season well, early, maybe. Yeah, like maybe that. that, or or maybe you know, you know, I, just, I heard Carl Wills saying we might need, uh, you know, a, a guy that could go multiple innings in the pen, uh, you know, at some point, and he he he, you know, he referenced the uh, pitch clock, and I wasn't quite sure what he was talking about, but you know, it was kind of interesting to me. Yeah, you know, and maybe guys like Hunter Gaddis and and Xavier Curry. Uh, uh, fit that sort of mold to to start. It's not ideal for them, but you know, not with necessarily what they want. But uh, you know, being on the roster, I think, is is more important, uh, and, and and having them uh, being able to contribute in some way. Uh, sure, yeah, we don't know exactly who's going to be healthy uh, with the the Sam Hentges injury. Uh, if if Tim Heron is going to step in and grab that spot, or if they're thinking about going in a different direction there, so. Uh, there are a few questions in the bullpen, and once we start uh, laying out what we think the opening day roster is going to look like, uh, we'll have a clearer picture of you know, who the battles are, who the openings could could go to, who the candidates are. Uh, you know, and there's there are still veterans, uh, you know, non-roster invitees who who could you know make make some noise and and make claims for some of those spots. Uh, Tuki Toussaint is another guy. I think they're still going to try and give a look to. To, to, to see, you know, what he can do. Um, so, yeah, the, the bullpen might be the only area on this this club. Uh, and, you know, the, the major roles in the bullpen are already filled and established as long as they're healthy. Uh, it's, it's those sort of fill-in, uh, you know, bridge spots that they, they might need to find the best candidates for. Yeah, because, yeah, you, if, you know, realistically you look at it, there's probably – what maybe one spot open in, in the pen, and uh, if it, like if you said, if everyone is healthy, if Sandlin and De Los Santos make it to the rest of the camp, okay, and uh, you know, and we're we're still uh, you know waiting for some kind of evaluation or some kind of uh, yeah evaluation on just what you know Hedkiss, uh injury you know is about. So you know, but still that that seems like that's going to be kind of a you know multi week thing, Joe. Don't you think? Yeah, that I think right now you you put uh, Cody Morris and Sam Hentges uh, on the injured list to start the season for sure, uh, and and you know one or more uh, bullpen spots are available in terms of you know they could go to one of those young guys, they could go to a veteran. I think maybe one veteran and one young guy are going to benefit from uh, from those guys uh, having to miss time at the start of the season. Yeah, and uh, you know Morris was. You know, Terry Francona was hopeful that Morris could get off the mound, uh, you know, sometime in the next couple of days or by mid next week. But that still kind of puts him, you know, behind so many pitchers that you would think he would have to open on the uh, on the injured list. And they said they're going to be very, very, you know, conservative with him and they're not going to push him. And right now there's no reason to. 
Yeah, I I could I could see Sam Hentges maybe opening on the sixty day if if that's the the case and they open up a a, a roster spot maybe to to get a guy like a Tuki Toussaint on the forty man uh, if you if you move Hentges to the to the sixty day injured list. So uh, I'm I, if you can tell in my voice I, I'm I'm not real hopeful uh, that that Sam Hentges' injury is is something that can just be uh, you know dealt with and 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 he's back pitching healthy uh anytime soon i think he's been shut down for long enough now that uh, it's going to take a while to ramp him back up in time to get him uh ready to go yeah and just the whole nature of the injury and you know terry francona really didn't give us a whole lot of detail just said there was what inflammation around the uh, ligaments in the shoulder that just didn't sound good and when he goes you know he'll be evaluated week to week you know that that's uh, if you're a pitcher, that's probably the last thing you want to hear. Right. Uh, so we're we're heading towards opening day, and we're heading towards uh, you know another Shane Bieber uh, start uh, for uh, Cleveland on an opening day uh, game. Uh, what do you what do you consider out of out of Shane Bieber's previous what three opening day starts? Uh, you know you you've got. A situation where he, he started opening day uh, in uh, what was it 2020 when there was nobody in the ballpark and it was you know delayed by by COVID and you know that was the start to his Cy Young season. Uh, he started uh, 2021 in uh, in a snowstorm in Detroit and had something like 12 strikeouts and you know, uh, you know, was, it was in, in, an impressive uh, game, even though the, the uh, even though Cleveland lost. Uh, and then you go to uh, 2022, he starts in, in Kansas city in another snowstorm and another game where, uh, you know, the offense struggled and, you know, they, they, they weren't able to, to come up with a win. Uh, what do you expect uh, out of Shane Bieber? And, and just the fact that he's been named, essentially been named the opening day starter and, uh, this is going to be number four for him. That that puts him in some pretty rare company. Yeah, uh, definitely, Joe. I think uh, you know he kind of succeeds uh, Corey Kluber in in that you know regard. Uh, Kluber uh, went uh, made five straight starts, opening day starts before Bieber. You know, so uh, Bieber's right in line with that. And uh, like you said, Joe, when, when he starts, when he's when he's the opening day starter, uh, it's not like he gets overwhelmed by runs. Uh, he lost what in 2020. He wins two to nothing in 2020. Uh, I should say, yeah, in 2021, oh. he uh, he uh, he win. No, he loses three to two. And uh, last year he got beat. Uh, one and what last year was against Greinke in Kansas City. Uh, he loses three one, so uh, it's always tight. It's always uh, you know the weather is always kind of iffy, but you know it's it's a great compliment to him. You know he's he's the best they've got right now, and uh, he's pitched like it. You know he's put that you know 2021 season behind him, where he had you know only made 16 starts. He had a bounce back year last year. Uh, 200, you know, 200 innings, almost 200 strikeouts. Uh, so he's, you know, I'd say he, he's just in talking to him, uh, you know, recently in spring training, he said, this is the best he's felt in a long time. That's good. And, you know, the one thing that we know for sure in Seattle on opening day, uh, there won't be any snowflakes in the air or on the ground, uh, in the, in the stadium, because if, uh, 
they've got the roof closed and they don't have to worry about that. Uh, you, you wrote about Tristan McKenzie and, and just where he's at right now as a, as a pitcher in his development. What did, uh, what did you learn about Tristan and, and for your, your story that you wrote uh, uh, today on Cleveland.com? Yeah, uh, always it's always great to talk to Tristan and uh, just really, you know, kind of talk to him about, you know, how he conquered his walks, that walk issue he had in 2021. And uh, it, it was it was it was refreshing to, t- to talk to him. He, you know, he sounded like, you know, it, it, it sounded like he was just, you know, it was just like a young kid trying to, uh, you know, make his way in the big leagues. And it's not always that easy. You know, he said, you, you know, he told me, uh, you know, when you're a little kid, all you want to do is get to the big leagues. When you get to the big leagues, all you want to do is stay there. And that causes some, uh, you know, you put some kind of undue pressure and stress on yourself. And, uh, you know, you think you have to be perfect. And he said, you you never want to throw the ball right down the middle to uh, guys like Salvador Perez. You, so you try to work the edges. You try to be perfect. And, it, you know, it doesn't work out. And eventually you learn to trust yourself. You learn to throw the ball in the middle of the plate or put, you know, throw the ball over the plate and trust your stuff. And if it gets hit out of the park, it does. But you got to come back and, you know, uh, just attack the strike zone and go after hitters. And he seems like he's in a he's in a real good spot right now, Joe. Is he a, a dark horse candidate for, uh, you know, maybe a, if he can find that consistency this year and take it to another level? Uh, could he be in the conversation at least for Cy Young uh, Award if, uh, you know, if things go the right way? I think so, Joe. I mean, he'd have to have, you know, you know, considering the competition, he'd have to have, uh, you know, an outstanding year. But I think he's more than capable of that. You know, what, he won 11 games last year, had a ERA under under three. You know, and as, as we've said before, no one hits this guy. You know, mm-hmm. he gives up some home runs. But, you know, the I think his career batting average against is 197. You know, so th- there's a lot of – there's. it's like his, his game is – is you know kind of spread out over the table, you know, a card table, and yeah. he got he, he's got to pull it together, all the pieces together, and if and I think he's in the process of doing that, and if he does that, you know, he's going to be hard to beat. I would think he, he, I think he's already one of the you know the better pitchers in the American League, and I think he he's on his way to being one of the best. Well, and and the reason I asked that question, and I don't want it to sound like it's coming out of left field, you know, it, you know, Tristan McKenzie, Cy Young, but but. Uh, you know, the the aspects of his game and what he can do, like you said, he just doesn't his batting average against it doesn't exist. It's it's just minuscule for what, you know, uh, for a, a pitcher in, 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 in today's game. Uh, and and I really think that the, the stat cast sort of darlings and the, you know, the people who look at numbers and sort of, you know, bend them to their narratives or whatever. You can you can take what he does, and if he does it consistently enough during a season, you know, over a stretch of twelve to fifteen starts, you know, go on one of those Corey Kluber type runs, uh, where you know we we saw Corey Kluber more than once go. Uh, if he can do that, I, I think just the the way his numbers lay out on the table, you, you look at it and you say, wow, this guy's you know he's striking out eleven guys uh, per nine innings and. Uh, you know, if, if he limits the home runs and walks, I, I, I really think because because you're right, they don't hit him. So when he's going good, uh, I think enough of those kind of starts could could definitely vault him into the uh, the Cy Young conversation. Now, 
remember that I said that on March 8th and <laughs> uh, when, you know, he's five and five and, you know, struggling at some point during the season, uh, don't don't play the tape for me and, and don't bring it back up. Uh, but uh, definitely keep an eye on Tristan McKenzie. He's a guy who, who could who could have a, a huge breakout season this year. Uh, all right, we've got uh, Mexico and the United uh, Mexico and the Guardians uh, on on tap for this afternoon. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow to wrap that up and and uh, you know bring you more uh, Guardian spring training news as it happens here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, Hoinsey, we'll talk to you then. Okay, buddy. 